Welcome to the Boxing Life Podcast. If you're in the fitness industry, this is a podcast you really should listen to, especially if you're thinking about opening your own gym or you have trainers underneath you and you're a leader. This is great. So my business partner, Kevin Watson, and I, we flew up to San Jose, which is in California. It's actually where Silicon Valley is, just to record this podcast. We flew there to meet the Mind Pump crew. Adam, Sal, and Justin, three fitness gurus. They've got so much experience in not just training, but running a business, a successful business. These three guys have done an amazing thing. They started a podcast in one of the living rooms and they went from having zero downloads up to over a million downloads a month and now they're running a full-time business from the podcast that's amazing what they've done they're very inspiring they talk about how trainers keep failing at opening their own gyms what mistakes they're making also they give advice on if you have got trainers underneath you and you are a gym owner how do you keep them good trainers how do you keep them trainers motivated after we recorded this podcast, me and Kevin were very inspired. We left there feeling on a high and feeling motivated. So hopefully, after you've listened to this, you feel the same. If you enjoy this podcast or any of the podcasts, please leave us a review on iTunes. That really helps us. And also subscribe. And if you sus- subscribe on iTunes, every time we upload one, you'll get a notification. Also, make sure you go and check out Mind Pump Radio on Instagram. And check them out on iTunes. The podcasts are great. You'll love them. So, without further ado, here it is. The Boxing Life Podcast with the Mind Pump boys, Adam, Sal, and Justin. Enjoy. Your shoes are hairy, I, too, You're bro. passionate. Yeah, bro. It's yeah. like real They're cheating. hairy, too. It's real. Ahead, is, that real? is that real cheetah skin? Oh, shit. Yeah, right. So, the guy you're here now talking about hairy shoes, this is Sal. <laughs> <laughs> and he's talking about Adam's hairy shoes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And that's Adam speaking. And over there, we've got Justin. Justin, that's how's right. it going, hey, mate? Hey, what's happening, man? Yeah. So, we're here. Great to be here. In the beautiful San Jose, in this amazing podcast studio. And alongside, I've got my business partner, Kevin Watson. How's it going, Good, mate. Guys? Yeah, Good. so that's Excited Kevin's voice. So, now we've got everyone's voice recognition yeah. uh boys how's it going good excellent thank excellent. you for agreeing to this yeah, oh, man. For yeah, man. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're glad right. to have yeah. you down here man got some fitness gurus here and i think the boxing life podcast listeners is in for a in for a treat especially if you're in the fitness industry uh can you just start off by i don't know one of you telling us what you do here and, and how you make a living uh so uh i met these guys through uh i don't know if you guys are familiar with tinder <laughs> and I, I swiped right and I found no um, grinder. Uh, right? yeah, 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 that's all I was going to say. Liked my ass yeah, pick. it's like Tinder, but it's for just guys. Yeah. No, we um, uh, we've all been in the fitness industry for a very very long time, uh, and I didn't know these two gentlemen uh, up until about uh, two years ago. And they knew each other for a while. When I met them, uh, we just started talking, and we decided, hey, we need to do a podcast and talk about fitness and dispel a lot of the myths that are out there in the fitness industry. Well, all the myths I'll- with nutrition and supplements and all the bullshit out there, and uh, I mean, the rest is history. Though, there's a lot of what went into, I mean, when Sal says there's a, we've been in fitness for a long time, so I, I've been doing fit, fitness for 16 years, I think Justin's 15 years, Sal's like 18 years. 20. 20? 20? Yeah. 20 Jesus years. Christ. Yeah. I was doing it longer than you. Professional. So, yeah, yeah, so we've been in the industry for a long time, and I think even though we were all separate doing our own thing, uh, we did know of each other. We've all, we all worked for a company called 24 Hour Fitness, uh, and uh, we ran gyms all over the Bay Area. And so we kind of knew of each other because, you know, back when we worked in the company, it used yeah. to rank. We the, watched numbers. Yeah, they used to rank. Right. They used to rank the employees like in sales and you would know who the top performers were. And, you know, everybody was a top performer in their area. So that's kind of how everyone knew of each other. And when we got connected later down the road, we all had a, a similar uh, vision for where fitness kind of needed to go. We knew that 
you know, being in the Silicon Valley, there's all this like, we're around Facebook and Google and Netflix. And I mean, we're just in, we're in the tech capital right here right, right. and fitness is so far fucking behind. I mean, sure. that was one of the things that I, that really appealed to me when I saw you guys as box and burn gym and, mm-hmm. you know, similar to like your orange theories and your dethrones, like some of these gyms are starting to mer- uh, merge the, the technology that's out there with like fitness and I felt like this has been a huge need and we saw where podcasting was going and thought, okay, this will be a good medium to get it started. So really, and we like to talk, we just have loud <laughs> mouths. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's part of it. And so, we're, we're, we're actually a media company the podcast was just the first yeah. way we started. So how we actually make money because them shoes, the heavy shoes do look expensive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how do you afford that? Is it they through are, the podcast? They are rare. They came from Paris. You stole <laughs> it from they're, a stripper. One of only 200 ever made. We need yeah. to explain them because uh, they can't see this. So they're literally uh, cheetah skin. Yeah. I don't know. If, are they real cheetah skin they're, shoes? They're Diodoras and they're the cheetah print Diodoras. Yeah. They came out. They actually were, so they had this. Uh, how much were they, Adam? Uh, you can tell everybody. No, nah, they weren't that bad. They were. I think I paid two seventy five or three fifty. Damn it! Five, not that bad. Two seventy thousand dollars. That's not bad. I have yeah. shoes that I paid a lot more for than that. So they're not that bad. What? And, and honestly, I, this is the first time they've, I've pulled them out of the box because I've been waiting for the weather to be nice because I don't want to get them messed up. <laughs> they they match your underwear. Understandable. They had a they, yeah. in in. in um, in Paris, they had a these covers of magazines that were being done, and each they they did Diodora did a a pair of shoes to match each cover for like fifty covers, and this was one of the, one of the covers, and so it was a really rare shoe when it was released. I have I'm it's connected. important to have a backstory. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, I, I don't just not worth as much. I don't just buy weird yeah. shoes. You know, I have I, I'm a, <laughs> I am a sneakerhead. I'm in I'm into shoes, and so I have uh, I actually have a separate room in my house that's dedicated to, to sneakers. Ooh, yeah. Are you You're single? Well, huh? I, I'm not single. I've been I've been in a relationship. <laughs> Believe for, it or not, yeah, <laughs> six years. Yeah, God bless her. She has been putting up putting up with my shit for a long time. <laughs> well, we we, uh, we compete the, over the closet. The, yeah, the way we may, I mean we when we first started mind pump, we didn't monetize for about a year. Yeah, we, we didn't just, make shit. Doing no, this. nothing. Our our <laughs> our goal was just to just put you know information out there, build an audience. And um, one of the problems, I don't, well, I don't know if it's a problem, but we felt we thought it was a problem with the fitness industry. Is really the only way that people were making good money in the fitness industry, and in, when it comes to like social media and that kind of internet world, was through supplements. You know, getting right, connected sure. to a supplement company and getting sponsored. And we are we're not anti supplements, but the vast majority of supplements out there are you know they're bullshit. Yeah, and, gimmicky. And it's gimmicky. It's crap. You know the, the, the thirty you know, thirty day to you know thirty day before and afters, and they're all doctored and fake photos. And right. you know we're we were trainers. You know we trained yeah. people. We know what it takes to get in shape. We know the realities it of wasn't good just nutrition. Supplement. You could just go on and on and on. There's yeah. just so many. Uh, things in the fitness industry in general, and uh, it's gone so far away from health and wellness. And so we're just really passionate about bringing people back to quality information because... I mean, you guys live in LA. You see, right, yeah. you see the mentality there. It's like all the vanity and uh, like everything else that that's sexy is highlighted. And so, like getting like in shape as quick as possible is like all anybody's getting bombarded with. Yeah. yeah. So, and so for a year we didn't make anything, and uh, you know I, I had developed a, a program podcast a, a year, yeah. yeah, right. So I had developed a, an online program a while before, and uh, we started developing some together uh, cumulatively. Uh, now we've produced uh, and put together quite a few programs. And so that's how we make a living now is we sell online, these online fitness programs, uh, and they're, you know, they're dedicated to different forms of, you know, adaptation. You know, one program is for aesthetics. So like your stage presentation athletes or people who are interested in looking like a physique or a bodybuilder. We have a program that's we, our foundational program, MAPS Anabolic, which is really a strength-based 
uh, type program. We have a, a program for mobility and performance, athletic performance. And we have programs like this that are, you know, we saw a real lack uh, of, uh, you know, really well-made professionally programmed workouts uh, that are truly effective, not just workouts that just make you sweat and make you sore, but things that, you know, we would give clients that we could say this is put together well and takes into account the, the body systems of adaptation, takes into account how, how people's bodies actually respond and get in shape that looks at people's results long-term. You know, we answer, we try to answer a lot of the pro, you know, problems in the industry. For example, you know, you look at guys who work out in gyms, most people who lift weights do the body part split routines, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I do chest today and back tomorrow. And so most people don't realize that full body based workouts build more muscle for most people. And it's proven in countless studies. And we know this, we know this as trainers, like the vast majority of people are going to build more muscle if they train the whole body a few days a week. Uh, it's a lot more complicated than that, but that is so different from what's being sold mm-hmm. uh, to everybody. And so we said, you know what, let's put together some programs that the average person can do and is going to see great results uh, versus so, these other programs. This is like an online, sorry, this is the online course, right? Yeah, so you'll, you'll buy the program well, and that you'll was get the, access. That was the most challenging part as trainers was, okay, and probably what kept us from the virtual world for as long as we were was, okay, how do we create something and that's not cookie cutter? If we, if we talk shit about all that stuff that's out there that's, oh, this is so cookie cutter, and how do you individualize something that's for the masses? Mm-hmm. And so part of our program, like, it, we also encourage people to get connected to the private forum where there's a community of people that are also going through the program. And then we also built out our YouTube channel that's loaded full of exercises that are labeled with each program. So then sure. we encourage people to learn how to design programs themselves. So, you know, this is why when we first were talking before we even got on the podcast about like uh, we were really interested in how you guys got the certification, the CEUs with NASM, right. because this is how we kind of see all of our programming is it's it's a it's a lot more educational than it is just a program. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we do a lot of teaching, you know, so people because really we want we don't want you just to go through a program and see results. We want you to understand how to program yeah, yourself. And the rhyme reason right. behind it. So yeah. that's a lot of a lot of uh, our programs have got a lot of moving parts to them. So But needless to say it's it's a it's a harder sell than hey take this bottle of supplements and yeah. right, lose yeah, five pounds or whatever. Hard. Yeah so you, it's a lot of marketing, because I know there's a, a big industry out there doing online courses, right? Mm. So how's yours? I mean, you kind of said that, but how yours is different. But how do you promote it, and how do you, how do you market that? Through the podcast. It's 100, the, 100% has been through the podcast. Wow. Uh, our YouTube channel, we haven't even really advertised or run any commercials on that, and that's a relatively new channel. But again, like we did with our podcast, we want to just pro, pro, you know, provide a shit ton of good information uh, that's both entertaining and informative, f- coming from trainers with lots of experience, not the, you know, the flashy, you know, uh, look at me type of stuff, but stuff that's actually going to work for most people and just build lots of value. And, and once we build that up, we may well, advertise well, it on us, that. Well, I mean, it took us a while to even get that kind of authority. I was going to say, a yeah. year. Yeah, like a right. year. So we, we just wanted to basically we want people to start know that communication. Yeah, and we also, one big thing that, that um, we do that people can identify with us is that we communicate with people all the time. So we, we take this section, this Q&A section with our fans. We do it once, maybe twice a week now where we take very specific questions and we address it on the podcast. And then, you know, the forum that we have established, like we're just always answering questions so people understand that, okay, these guys, you know, they do have some answers or this is the way they 
they think about this or whatever. And I feel like, you know, I, I, I trust them as far as like this information is concerned. Well, we spent, like Justin said, we spent a year. Uh, I think we hit 150 episodes before we ever sold one thing. And we knew wow. that we knew we had to give a ton of free information first to, to create ourselves as an authority. Um, we knew we couldn't just come out and say, Hey, yeah. say a couple of things, buy this from us. Yeah. Yeah, we're go. not celebrities. We're not professional. You know, so it's yeah. like, it's different. So it's not like I can just lean on that. Like, Hey, I'm a PhD and you know, this. And so, uh, whatever I say is, is, are you, you all full time on this? Oh yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah we're, last we're, year we went full last year. We all left. So all of us are entrepreneurs by heart. We've all either owned gyms, ran gyms, uh, been a part of uh, outside boot camp businesses, you name it. Of uh, shit. I did marijuana for two years. Uh, <laughs> He's still so, doing it. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm still smoking it. That's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we've been in, we've dabbled in all kinds of different things and have always had our hands in, in, in different markets. But uh, one, we all became very passionate about this. And then once we started to monetize after a year, uh, it took a little, it took a little bit of time to where we were doing, uh, it took a year to get up to a million downloads. So that was right. a big milestone for us. A million a month. No, total of a million. Oh yeah. So took it us a year. Yeah. Now you're on a million a month. Yeah. Now we're doing a million a month and you know, typically 30 to 40,000, uh, a day we're getting downloaded. Uh, wow. w- one of our episodes As of right now. Yeah. Nice. As of right. And it's been a, it's been a, a consistent climb now and it's, and you know, it's compounding. So once you hit that. You know, once you get that momentum going, it, it really starts cranking. I know that she's all in good shape. She's all work out a lot, right? Mm. Do you have do you train clients as well, or do you do one on one training, or do you do anything group? Not anymore. Not really. I mean, I, I, you know, maybe here and there I'll do some online, you know, uh, clients that I'll work with, uh, mainly people who may be on our forum that mm-hmm. you know want extra help, friends and family, or whatever. But yeah, none of us. I stopped. I I owned a wellness facility with you know we did personal training and I, I sold that and I owned that for about twelve years, but I haven't personally trained a client since. That's we all we used to do though. Yeah. I mean, right. literally, I mean, that was, and that was a thing too. So if you're a hard tra- transition, if you're a trainer listening to this, um, you know, we, we were all very passionate about fitness, but we're also very driven too financially. And, you know, even if you're a, a top tier trainer where you're charging, you know, in this area, if you're charging hundred to 150 an hour, you would be considered like your elite trainer. And that's what we all, we all charged that North of that for training. But even when you do the math on that, if you're training eight clients a day, you know, six days a week, you eventually cap out, you know, yeah. there's, that's your ceiling and there's no more. And, and let's be realistic. People cancel reschedule. So you don't even really maximize at that. So, you know, we, we had to figure out what can we do to scale this business to another mm-hmm. level. And that's when we knew we had to reach more people. And that's what a lot of what motivated this. When you started the podcast though, did you initially have to still continue training or yeah. you just, you just oh, yeah. fully full in. Oh no, we were all full time yeah. working still. I still owned my, yeah. my, my wellness facility. And mm-hmm. so what we would do, what he, this is what he, we, this well, is what we the all had different like. backgrounds too. We should talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Well, this is what the schedule looked like. Like, uh, we'd all do our regular jobs and we'd meet, uh, Monday nights. I think initially it was Monday nights, right? Yeah. We'd yeah. meet at like six Monday and Thursday. And we would get drunk Yeah, and, <laughs> and we would record like three episodes right. and then, uh, we'd post them during the, you know, during the week. Uh, and then, then we started meeting twice a week. It was Monday nights and Thursday afternoons. Um, and then we started meeting, you know, here and there on the weekend and then, you know, things kind of took off a little bit and we said, okay, let's go, let's go full time. And what we was the working. turning point for you guys then? What, what was there like, was there one episode or anything that just totally, there's several, there's you? several moments that I, you know, that we can identify as like big growth moments. The first big one for us was when we first released, uh, we, I think when we first went on air, we released like five episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Right away. Right. We wanted people to have more than one to listen to. Well, tell them how you get the eight in eight weeks, the first eight weeks, 
you have you're in a on different, iTunes. You're on a different category in iTunes. Okay. So yeah, you get you, on the new and notable section, okay. right? Yeah. And so we got on there. Hot. Yeah, we got on there very quickly, um, and mainly because we did an episode called "Why uh, Mind Pump Doesn't Do CrossFit." Hmm. And uh, from a trainer's perspective, why you know the problems we saw with CrossFit in, in our in our typical you know way of doing things were very blunt and raw and you know say whatever's on our mind and that episode went viral yeah. and so that was one of the first kind of launching we pads. like to take topics people are uncomfortable with yeah, yeah. for the most part yeah, that, no, that, we, that was the formula in the beginning that was the first boost that actually got us to where it was more than just our family members listening to us because <laughs> <laughs> when we first started it was a little weird yeah. you know we're, we're recording in, a, in doug's living room and we're going like okay for all five people that are out there probably listening <laughs> to us you know and i remember even saying that in the few for the early on uh, episodes so then that was the first big boost was the CrossFit where we actually, I mean, we actually got enough attention that CrossFit actually started a little viral war with us back and say, forth. Yeah. yeah and then we Which did was a, great because then we recorded no, a second episode. it was great. Episode. Then we did a follow-up yeah. episode. So that was a nice little, gave us a nice little surge. Uh, but it, it took a good year before we... There were some wars online that we had with some companies. They had that some, cult following, so yeah. I imagine they, they yeah. had some, something to say about that. Yeah, yeah. and oh, yeah. there were oh, some yeah. supplement company companies wars. were having wars okay. with us, yeah. Yeah. specific people that we ran a lot those of feathers. companies <laughs> yeah came after us but yeah at the end of the day like we just don't shut up so well, we <laughs> took like, we took a very shocking uh shock and awe type of approach when we first started we you knew we you know knew you we say would, that but it sounds like we planned it it wasn't even that's just how we are i think we just went on the mics and just, blah, just well yeah but we'd be, we'd be lying if we if we said we didn't know when we were going to come after and say you know why we don't CrossFit? Oh, it, it that we were going to piss off the CrossFit. Yeah, 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 we knew it. Or when we did, su- we did. Yeah. You know, supplements are bullshit. You know, and like did a whole episode on and getting contacted by supplement companies. And yeah. you guys need to stop <laughs> saying this. So we'll see you. That was time. the hardest. I lost some sleep. That was the oh, hardest yeah. part. Was we 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 did so much um, talking trash about a lot of shit that was out there. That these were the people that were that were paying for advertising on shows like right, this, yeah, yeah. so nobody wanted yeah. to fucking reach out and give us any money. <laughs> so, have you guys run into any litigation or, or lawsuits or anything? Uh, no, we had a, not we official, had threats, yeah. not yet. No. Yeah, we had threats. We, <laughs> we had definitely th- had threats. We had threats, but most we of don't them. say anything like you know we're not gonna uh, we're not gonna say something that's gonna get us in trouble unless it's something that's true that we've experienced. You know, so sure. I'm not gonna say hey this supplement will yeah. kill you unless we actually there's evidence behind it. But hey, look, it's right. my opinion. At the end of the day, my opinion's right, but it's my opinion, so I'm, I'm going to say you know, what I feel, and you're going to sue me for my opinion? You can't. So when you were getting the five downloads and you started this, surely this wasn't, you weren't expecting it to grow like this, and this was what you want to do full-time, or did you? Oh, so actually, I went, we have a much bigger vision than yeah, even this. No, oh, the, really? the podcast is one piece of it. I, I remember specifically, this is probably, this is, I had to have been a week after we launched our first episodes. I was at my facility, and I'm training a client. And uh, Adam calls me on the phone. I see his, I see his number and I hit, you know, I, I can't talk to him with a client. And, and Adam this, never calls this, me. Yeah. And this fucker <laughs> calls me like five times in a row. So I tell my client, really hold on, this is really important. I got to get this. Obviously, he's called me five times. So I get on the phone. I'm like, what's up, dude? And he goes, go on iTunes right now. Go on new, the, the new and notable section. So I'm like, okay, this is a week after. So I go on there and there we are. And we're one of the top ranked, like, nice. you know, new podcasts. And I was like, holy shit, like this, this might actually be happening. And that's when we were all kind of like, okay, this is, this, yeah. this is going to work. Because there is thousands and thousands of people doing podcasts now. So for you to have confidence in, uh, in building and blowing up by that and doing this shit full time, I mean, 
that's amazing. Where did that come from? That confidence? Uh, I think it's probably cockiness. You might want to guess. No, you know what? I, you were all just as, as confident as we all are. We're all very humble guys. We've been in all of us have been in leadership positions for a very long time. So right. when we talk about working, I think in we're a just gym, competitive. I think that's, right. that's, at, that's by, at the core of it. Well, by, let me let me ask by you. By twenty one, you know, Sal and I were already leading and developing other fitness leaders. Right. So we spent a majority of our career teaching trainers how to build their business. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say, too, like, you know, the vision is actually much greater than uh, even where, where we're at right now. Like this is Mind Pump Media is the parent company of the Mind Pump podcast. So we see a huge need in the industry to develop even people like yourself. So you would be a company that would be a perfect example for when this is all all done and we're clicking on all cylinders that you would come and you would hire us. And we would be able to produce content for you. Right. We'd have a facility where you can shoot green screen, where you come in and you have you know impeccable sound for a podcast or recording any commercials that you need to do. We have a studio inside here that's closed off to the public. So it's at any time you could come in and we would either shoot you and handle all of it. And it'd be like a package deal where you come in and you come in and say, hey, I'm going to do this whole series. We're going to launch this video. We're going to do all this. And you hire us either to handle all of it for you or maybe you just, you, it, yeah. yeah, maybe you don't have all this equipment and that's, yeah. a, and so you rent by the hour. So this is stuff that we will do in the future is find fitness professionals like you guys who are, you know, pressing beyond just being a personal trainer, yeah, but one-on-one right. type of deal that want to grow a business and you would hire a company like us to help promote you. And push so you. cause you've done all this training where we're uh, trainers who's got their own businesses. What would you say that, uh, that, that the thing is that people fuck up with the most with the gym business? With the oh, gym? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So the gym, <laughs> good question. Yeah, it's a great good question. question. Uh, you know, here's the thing about fitness. It's, uh, it's a massive industry. It really is a massive industry. But it's a very noisy industry as well. It's yeah. very hard to break, uh, to kind of break through. And, and when you do, you can do very well. But if you don't, it's very, very difficult to do well. I know more, way more gym owners that failed than gym owners that succeeded. Right. In fact, when someone asks me, 99.9% of the time, if someone asks me, hey, should I open up a gym or a personal training studio? I say, no, don't do it. It's very difficult. It's probably easier to open a restaurant. And that's, even, that's very difficult as well. <laughs> it's just a very tough thing to do because there's so much involved with... Uh, with, with making it successful. And, and most people, most trainers are trainers because they love fitness, mm-hmm. not because they love business and they love sales. There you go. And those are the, those are the things that make you successful. Is, are you good at sales? Are you good at marketing? Do you like business? Mm-hmm. Because that's what's going to make you explode. So if you're a good trainer, if you're a really good trainer with great ideas, uh, one of the best things you can do is partner with someone who's good in sales, marketing, and business. If you do that, now you've got what you need. Uh, if you're one of the rare instances where you're all of those things on your own, well then, you know, now you're special, you're special. It's rare. Yeah. um, Very, very rare. And you're probably going to do well. You're probably going to do okay. But you know, the, the question you had asked earlier about what, what gave us the confidence to do it. It's funny looking back and, you know, I could even ask you this question being as successful as you are in in your career boxing. Um, I think when you talk to anybody who, who kind of did certain things, it's almost like you didn't, you didn't know that you couldn't. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't really know the odds were that bad. I right. just said, hey, I'm just going to do it. And yeah. once you get there and you look back, like, shit, what gave me the... What, yeah, what, look what I did. Yeah, yeah. what kind of, you know, God, the balls I must have had to think that I could just do that because right. it's so difficult. But the reality is, 
we didn't think that we couldn't. There wasn't a question yeah. about it. It's almost like an ing- like a good ignorance that we right, have. Yeah. yeah, we call ourselves idiot servants all the yeah. time. <laughs> for, for yeah, sure, I mean, sure we, we see it all the time, especially in Elia. In Elia, there's a, a gym on every single corner. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot more closing down now than, than staying open and being successful. What, what do you think that is? Why, why is it? Well, it's, it's look, because when, like you said, there's, there's trainers trying to think, oh, I'll, I'm a good trainer. I'll be a good businessman. That's, that's the biggest mistake Huge. I see. I see it's trainers. A humongous I, leap. I remember, um, God, I remember when I'd have, you know, typically I'd have a staff anywhere between 20 to 25 trainers that worked underneath me. And, you know, a lot of times they, they start off in a big chain gym, like 24 fitness to get their, their first, a bit of experience. And so I had a, I had an opportunity to mentor a lot of like first time trainers and grow them into like really good trainers where they had multiple certifications, years of experience, thousands of hours underneath them. And typically the evolution for most of them was, you know, they get all this experience and then the next step they think is get a gym. Yeah. And then I have, now I don't have to cut this company half of my, mm, my money that right. I'm charging these people. All these people would follow me to a gym and they think it's that easy that all they need to do is prove that, build them their clientele up and they just open their own facility and then all of a sudden they're going to make all this money. What they fail to realize is that a company like 24 Hour Fitness or these big gyms spend $25 million a year in marketing their gym. They have 2,000 workouts a day, which is 2,000 opportunities for you to potentially sell somebody. And then what they think they're going to take their 50 clients, go open up a fucking gym, they start doing their gym, and then they realize that client gets sick, then this one falls off, then this one's broke, and then next thing you know, they need to find 10 people to fill up their class. They're not constantly seeking new leads. They're not paying money for the advertisement for that. They don't have all those systems in place. And ironically, those are the same trainers that used to bitch and complain about doing all the little work. Like when you would tell them, like, you need to go on the floor and go talk to people and go introduce yourself. Go get some leads. Go to the the grocery store and go talk to someone in the, in the, you know, over in the vegetable aisle and go, you know, you know, start conversations. Make calls, people that haven't showed up, like try and get them to come in. I kind of feel like that's like the younger trainers. We've had trainers with us who we've trained up and and they've worked for us for a year, two years, and they've done really well. And because the, the, the thing, it's, I think the gym industry is easy to have a gym then they leave and they try and do their own thing and it's like, oh, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. We see it's it all very, you know, the time. You know what it reminds me of? It's, uh, if you look at bars, right? You've got people who just love, they just want to open a bar so they can hang out with their friends. And you've got right. those bars and they never make a lot of money. Sure. And the guy's happy with that. He's happy with, he has his bar. If he barely floats it, he's cool. He has, and then you've got people who open bars who understand business and then they can do, that's what you have in fitness too. You've got a lot of trainers who love fitness, who love gyms. They open a gym and, it's, and they think like, oh, I'm going to make this cool place I can hang out and train people. And you're not going to do very well. You're not going to make very much money. If, you, if, if you're doing well, if you can float it. If you can float it for a while, you're doing well. Most of them shut down. Well, here's how I look at it. And this is what I used to tell trainers. Because ne- who am I to tell you to not go chase your dreams? Right. right? So I would yeah. never tell somebody who worked yeah. for me, no, you can't do that. No, you won't. Whatever. But here's what I would say. I'd say, listen... You have an opportunity right now. You're working for a huge company right now, 24-Hour Fitness, and, or even a franchise, or even a gym like yours, where you guys provide structure for mm-hmm. a trainer. That's a, that is a nice piece that they don't got to fucking worry about because they don't pay the lease. They don't got to yeah. worry about all the shit you got to worry about. So I would tell them, listen, before you go off and take on all this other responsibility and overhead for yourself... You need to prove that you can be in the top 5 10% mm-hmm. in this fucking facility. Right, sure. yeah. If you're at the bottom, motherfucker, you are not going to leave this place yeah. and go explode on your own. You're an idiot because here you have got all these tools and resources that are already given to you that are helping you outgrow your business. Mm-hmm. If you can't prove to, to be the best in this, in this environment, 
You're not going to go on your own without the help of this environment and be better than that. I'll tell you that for sure. And I, that's a hundred percent. Every person that's ever worked for me, if you were the only ones that made it, you know, Justin worked for me 10 years ago and he was one of my top, he was the top guy always. Mm -hmm. Of course he, when he went on his own, he did well. Because he'd proven in that, and that for him, that was the evolution for him. Because but I had that, to learn all that. Yeah, yeah that I, company no already gave otherwise. that company already gave him everything that he could possibly get from them, and so he had that mentality where he decided, "Hey, this company's not going to take me any further. <clears throat> I'm going to go off and go do what I want to do on my own." Right. And he was successful. Now I get, I had, used to have trainers all the time. That would get frustrated. That oh, you know, they don't. Oh, the rules at the company. Got to yeah, wear. I'm gonna go up my own gym. Yeah, I'm gonna go my own gym, right. and then I'm gonna charge. I'm gonna charge ten dollars less, and I get to keep all the money. I'm gonna be rich. It'll be yeah, steady. Because all they see is like what the company is taking from them. Yeah, you know? yeah. They, they don't realize victim like, how much. Yeah. Victim. They're a victim. What, how do you how do you make the trainer see the other side of it though? I mean, in your all's experience, you've been doing this for a long time. We see it a lot where a trainer, they you know, okay, I'm, I'm making an okay paycheck and I'm doing okay, but I could be doing this. How do you make them see the other side? Here's the thing. If you have a trainer that's really good, because right. here's the problem, that, and, and this is the problem that you guys are running into or are going to run into if you're not already running into. When you have a good system, when you guys have a good business uh, mm-hmm. in fitness and you're developing talent, mm-hmm. your struggle is going to be, how do I keep this talent? Yes. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Because that's what would happen to any, any great around. manager. Like yeah. You develop this great talent and then they'd want to leave. And as a manager, as an owner one of the most important things you could do is figure out, okay, how can I keep this talent, but also uh, give them the room to grow and feed that? Because you're going to get people who are good. You're going right. to get people who have that growth mentality. Sure. And so one of the best things you could do is give them that opportunity. So mm-hmm. for example, uh, you know, uh, before 24 Hour Fitness had merged with, they were called 24 uh, Hour Nautilus, and they had merged with uh, Ray Wilson's Family Fitness, and they became 24 Hour Fitness. Right. Ray Wilson's Family Fitness was known for fostering incredible talent. One of the things that they do is when people got really good is they would then pay them uh, based off of a percentage of the profit of the club. So now the person has more ownership of what's happening in the facility and they're tied to growth. Yeah. It's not like I'm making this much no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. They're tied to the actual growth. They're actually tied to the actual expenses, and they're giving they're given some ownership opportunities. As a result, yeah. they were incredibly successful and had uh, an incredible loyalty among some of these amazing um, talent that they developed. And so, even for us, if we were to do, you know, I know that's how we would operate. If we had open gyms, if we decided to go brick and mortar again, and we developed talent, like one of the things we would do is like, oh, hey, look, we got this guy that we brought on board three years ago. He's kicking ass. This dude is going to be very successful. Mm-hmm. Let's find a way to give this guy some ownership, give him some, you know, more opportunity so he can continue to grow with us. And then you develop this incredible, you know, team well, underneath you. It's all it's something I would tell you too, though, is I would tell you to not stress and worry yourself about that because you're going to, you're going to give yourself a headache trying to like figure out how do I convince this, this idiot kid that he's mm-hmm. not going to go make a ton of money and he's better off working for me. Right. And you know, and there's a, there, obviously you want him there cause he's probably doing well for you and you know better that he's going to go off and he's going to run into a brick wall. But the bottom line is that kid's got to go run into a brick wall. You know, he's yeah. got to, and I'll, a perfect example of this right now, I'm dealing with this with my little sister right now. So my little sister, uh, you know, she doesn't even listen to the podcast. She's not into any of the, any of the stuff that I really do. So you can talk about this. Yeah. So I could totally talk about her. She won't even ever hear this. <laughs> she has decided she's only 23 years old, 24 years old. And she's decided she's going to start a clothing line just mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Now we have a, an apparel line, uh, that's attached to our company. And some of that we do t-shirts. Now 
I have, this is the third apparel line that I've tried to start in my entire life. So I have a mm-hmm. lot of experience with what Probably that's 10 like between both of us. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, and I'll tell you right now that our, our, as well, we, we have, you know, a million downloads a month, over 30, 40,000 people are listening to us at a time and we sell about two t-shirts a day. You know, right. you know, right. we have good days where 50 to hundred go out, but on a realistic yeah. average, that is not enough to su- barely support the goddamn person who ships all that shit for us. Right. <laughs> it's really more for advertising. Now, my little sister doesn't even come and ask me any of this mm-hmm. stuff. She's just decided that she's going to do that. And I know even being her brother, having all the experience that I have, that I can't tell her, you're not, you can't do yeah. this. You're not going to do it. In fact, all I can do is be there for support and help her out. She needs to learn on her own because right, yeah. no matter what her big brother tells her, even though he's got all the experience, we got the same blood running yeah. through our veins, sure. does it, she's still going to fucking do it. You yeah. know? It reminds me of a quote. What is, uh, I think you can let someone be a, a uh, you can let someone fail without letting them be a failure. I think you got to let them oh, go wow. out there. Oh, wow. That's a and, good quote. And, uh, you know, kind of try and, and do those, those ventures on their own to learn those lessons and, and that's oh, the same that's with the, with what the our trainer. We've had a few trainers who's done it. Like I said, who's left and went off on their own. And I, I think it it hits me harder than it hits Kev. Kev's like, oh well. And me, it's like fucking bastards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> taking clients that fucking we've put yeah. this time and this energy into them, and it, and it hurt. It hurts me oh, quite yeah. a bit. I take yeah. it. I take it pretty personal, which I shouldn't really do. Being a well, you invest a lot of energy and, yeah. and focus yeah. with them. Yeah, you're trying to no, teach sure. them to be successful. This is this I was tell you what, a very real part of our business. Yeah, and yeah. I tell you what, if you're if you're running into that problem where you're doing so well. That you're developing this incredible talent that's going off and trying yeah. to. You're do, doing something right. You're doing is, something right. Yeah, yeah that's it, what there's an article about. Yeah. I think it was Harvard Business Review. I read it says like if you if you are creating and culturing these people that are able to go out there and do that, that's a good thing because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you are the one that's creating that. And, Absolutely. And it's all so come back to you. At the end I'll of the day. I'll never forget. Probably uh, you know people talk about like uh, moments in our our career, our life that were like oh big moments and. You know, probably one of the, the the moments in my life where I was the most proud is like the, the most simplest, dumb moments ever. And I'll never forget sitting around this this meeting uh, with the the district manager. And there's 12 of us sitting at a desk. These are all fitness leaders. Everyone were department heads. That they were all running clubs. And there's there's 12 sitting there. Six of them were guys that I hired. Right. And to wow. me, that was like, now, Rewarding. all six of those fuckers, if they were working in my facility, I would have been making be so much money it. because yeah, they're right. all top performers. Yeah. And I knew, but I knew that they had, they were going to go on to do greater things and move on. But for me, that was, I had to learn to shift my focus. So at the beginning, that would frustrate me that that mm-hmm. would happen. Then I realized, really, that's my legacy. Really, that them going on and being successful without me just shows how great of a leader mm-hmm. I was during sure. that and, and fostered that. And nothing frustrated me more when I would run into leaders that would try and suppress people and yeah. hold people back from becoming yeah. great. Right. So, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so then I just started to go, okay, well now how do I handle this? Cause it's mm-hmm. going to happen to me. I'm going to continue to foster this. So you just, what you got to do is you never become content with your staffing where it's at. Right. So even when you think you're fully staffed, you're already looking for you're the, trying to replace yeah. the you're last always, yeah, you're yeah. always backfilling Somebody's or looking. I mean, if I, I remember looking one time at my staff going like, man, I've got the perfect 15 trainers. Everyone's a master trainer, three national certifications plus degrees. They're all fit. They're all pretty. They're all good sellers, like perfect. But I couldn't put my feet up and just cruise. I knew yeah. that I had already been, I had to be looking. And all that really did was raise my standards on who I was looking to bring on because yeah. now I would look for somebody and I, they would have this perfect example of a beautiful culture 
that now when I bring this new kid on, he would come in or she would come into this already awesome culture. They get influenced right away. They would get right influenced. Right. These guys would influence them. And then before you know it, this one's already coming up and that one's going out, you know, right. and that was just yep. kind of, that's just part of the and business If you have model. too many trainers, then you look at another facility potentially, yeah. Yeah. right? So one thing we find hard, and we've got like around 30 trainers now, uh, is finding passionate trainers, yeah. mm. especially in LA everyone wants to be an actor or a fucking model or whatever it might <laughs> so be. True. You know, so trying to find someone who wants to have a career in fitness mm-hmm. in LA is very challenging. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, like, can you coach motivation? Can you teach there's a there's a lot of theories out that you can't teach motivate you're either motivated or you're not. Like, yeah. What do you guys think? Can you can you motivate people? Can I you? think I think people are driven by different things, but it's funny. I had a conversation years ago with uh, somebody that I went into a business with and we had this big argument. Uh, over what motivates people. And she told me, look, people show up for a paycheck. They just want to get paid. It's right. money that motivates people. And I argued, no, it's not. I yeah. said, you know, there's definitely there's some people that get motivated by money, but some of the most motivated, hardworking, dedicated people you'll ever meet in your entire life are volunteers. Yes. People that do something for free because they believe in what they're doing. Right. And, uh, and in fitness... There are those people. There are those people that live the brand, that live the, the fitness. They really want to help with wellness. They really get a, a lot of value in helping, you know, Mrs. Johnson lose 30 pounds or helping the, you know, uh, you know, you know, Mr. Johnson's got a bat, you know, back problems and now he doesn't hurt anymore. And that's what they get from it. And those are the people that you'll find in fitness that are just well, incredibly passionate about what they do. Um, is that they're doing it because they believe in what they're doing. Where and do you I, find them, people? I, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look, uh, yeah, when, you, when, you were, when you were fighting, you know, uh, what, was, what was your drive? Well, I believe you yeah. can find exactly. these. Right. I believe you right. can motivate people. Here's the, here's the problem that I ran into early on in my career and was a, a huge uh, paradigm-shattering moment for me in leadership was the first half of my career, uh, I, I had a lot of success because I would carry the, the business on my own back. Mm-hmm. I had I had the drive, I had the motivation that this motherfucker is going to be successful. Yeah, I'll right. make sure it's successful. Yeah. That motivation would I knew would trickle out to a few other trainers that would catch that fire. They would run with me, but that became very exhausting later yeah. on. And I and I I've soon had to kind of change my model. And I remember thinking to myself some of the best advice that was ever given to me personally, and then learning how to apply that to my staff. And that was learning to to stop trying to make my staff like me or because we all are motivated different. Mm -hmm. And so then I started looking at it like more like a sports team or like a football team, right? Like you're not going to try and motivate your quarterback or talk to your quarterback the same way that you talk to your wide receivers or your running back. They're different. They're there for, they have different strengths and attributes. Mm -hmm. So then what I started doing was saying that, listen, everybody on my staff is extremely valuable. My job as a great leader was now to find what each of their strengths were, tell them to stop worrying about what they weren't good at. So that, and that was the advice that was given to me when I was young, and I'll never forget this, was stop focusing on what you're not good at. Focus on what you're good at and become great at it. Mm-hmm. And so I started to look at my staff like that. I started to go like, okay, she's really shy, and that's why she doesn't do very good in sales. But man, she's fucking smart. She's fit. She's this. Okay, so I'm going to focus on, on teaching her and training her around her attributes and what she's already good at and what she likes to do. Yeah. And then he's, you know what, he's not the smartest guy with this, but God, he's full of energy and he's this and he's that. Okay, so, so then when I stopped trying to make this trainer like that trainer or this trainer more like me and say, I'm going to take what they're all really good at and I'm mm. going to just put all of my energy into enhancing that. 
I had huge success. Okay. And then I started to see the, the, all of their... What's, them. The, what's that saying? The rising tide uh, raises all ships? Is that, is that, yeah. is that, that saying? It's yeah. the, col- the culture starts to develop in, in your facility where uh, everybody just feels more like they want to be there. They want to be a part of something bigger than them, you know? Sure. And a lot of that has to do with the, you know, the members, the, the, the entire staff. It becomes this kind of this team environment where even the guy who's there part-time because he's going to college... And he's just training part time. Oh, it's now they want to be there more. It's definitely a team, and that's the perfect analogy. Like you, you got to look at yourself more of a coach because everybody has different personality traits. Yeah, you know they're bringing something in unique. Like I remember, even for me, less is more. So less managing on my end is more. Like I would get uh, a better response out of people, or you know, depending on the person. So Adam, like he used to see that in me. Like he would kind of let me do my thing, and then every now and then would kind of come in and and. He would challenge me a little bit by just saying one word, you know, right. like, you know, yeah. what, what are you doing right now? You know, or whatever it is. And then like, or, or you know, th- there's just like little things you, you want to make sure that you're that involved with understanding these personalities, how they interact with each other, uh, what motivates them. You know, if it's just like patting them on the back, like physically, you know, like sometimes right. touch is, it goes a long way. So. Well, you, I know without even being in your facility, knowing that you have 30 something trainers that are working for you. I already know right now in your head, you already have these five are great at sales and this guy's yeah. great at the technique and the coaching. Right. This guy's super fun and personable. Instead of looking at maybe your just top three great trainers and then trying to make them all, which is, which is what I think the common mistake a lot of us make. This is what I made for a long time is I would look at my top three and then I was trying to see what they were doing and then I was trying to get all of them to kind of do that because yeah. it just seems like logical sense yeah. to do that. But what I realized was I, I was really pushing against uh, what was natural for all these other ones because they weren't like that guy. And here yeah. I was trying to make them like that guy. And mm-hmm. so instead of doing that, I really started to become hyper-focused on each individual trainer and what they brought. So if you got a guy who's terrible in sales, but he's got great technique and coaching, praise him on that, make him focus on that, yeah. make him study more on that, make him get better and at what he's doing. Maybe he teaches the other trainers exactly. better and maybe you Exactly. And maybe you give him that. So that was something I did later on in my career also was I used to have like these super nerdy trainers, terrible at sales. Yeah. But then I had this idea of like, wow, you know what? I want all my other trainers yeah, to get to their host seminars. So I would have them teach the other ones. They love what they were doing. They were passionate about. They were teaching the ones that were great at sales on be more educated. And so right. I started to learn how to, you know, become really focused on each individual trainer's, you know, strengths and attributes. And instead of focusing on what they weren't good at mm-hmm. i was focusing on what they were already naturally good at and then enhancing that by trying to make them great at that just off sitting here now with you three i can see why he's a successful because sure. you're you've all got good energy and you're motivating you're, you're sitting here now telling me this and i'm mm-hmm. fucking i'm sitting here thinking i can't wait to get back to the gym and start yeah. trying this stuff out. <laughs> awesome you know? yeah. uh, so the three is all balls deep in fitness right oh big <laughs> yeah. time yeah. i've used ever boxed and team <laughs> I uh, I did a tiny tiny bit uh, of boxing with a with a friend of mine, but I was I did grappling for a long time, so Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Judo for me. Right, and then I did a little bit of mitt work, nothing like in the ring or yeah. yeah no, I did pad work just for yeah. for exercise purpose. So I had a buddy who was you know a little bit into boxing, and uh, some of the best shape I ever was in was when we were doing that about three times a week. And every once in a while, we'd hop in there. But I tell you what, man. Remarkably difficult. Remarkably Get difficult. Get my ass handed. Dude. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's, talk about a humbling sport. If you've never done it, and then being a guy like me who's big, strong, athletic – Thinking you're going to just come into a boxing ring and box yeah. with somebody. Yeah. I mean, to you're, get the, you're, dismantled. The, you're the guy the boxers are going to want to kick, the kick, the kick his ass at. You, you, you seem the type of guy that'll come in and it'll be hard to teach you boxing because you're going to try and 
punch as hard. He's going, yeah, 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 and smash the bag. That's actually like, probably more than just yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I, I had a problem with that. Yeah, yeah. I, that's Justin for sure. I, I tried out Muay Thai for a little bit. I loved it, and yeah, I, that was that guy that was just hitting the shit out of the, uh, the heavy bag as like as hard as I could, and then you know, and then they finally were like influencing me like look like calm down like like, let's work on the technique and you know let's relax when we need to relax and let's get more flexible and uh and then all that sort of seeds started planting and and that kind of trickled in i got really you know into mobility and then that became my focus because i was so like redliner you know Mm -hmm. i would always just redline everything because for football it's like you know i'm gonna hit you as hard as i can every single play and uh so that mentality is just like like boxing is such a different skill and, and, uh, you know, throwing leg kicks and all these kinds of things. It's so technical that like, I just have mad respect for all that stuff. Right. And, uh, I, you know, I love it as a technique. I don't really like, I'll use it for, um, like some fitness and conditioning every now and then. But, uh, I always, I was always like a big fan. Well, so. I'll tell you, I've loved martial arts since I was a kid. And what really, uh, a lot of people don't realize, well, they do now because we have MMA, but before, you know, they'd watch Kung Fu and Taekwondo and they'd see all these fancy moves and be like, oh, that guy could kick the crap out of a box or whatever. And uh, my father, who was a judo competitor uh, growing up, and he got in a lot of fights. He grew up very poor in Sicily. And he used to tell me, like, no, no, no. He goes, the, 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 guy, the guy who's a wrestler for a year or the boxer for a year will beat the crap out of most of these guys. You don't have any. Yeah. And I'd tell him, say, they only have four moves. What are you talking about? Like yeah, jab, cross, ho- yeah. yeah. There's like four moves. Like how are they going to beat the guy who does like a million moves? He goes, no, no, no. He goes, if you become an, an expert on one move, you'll beat the guy that knows a million moves just a little bit. Sure. Yeah. And when I started to understand that, uh, the science of boxing uh, is just, to me, just mind-blowing. It, just like the science of, you know, of wrestling and all these, these full-contact you know, type sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, boxers are so, it's so technical the science of it and the, the way they move and the way they utilize their four moves or whatever is just, it's mind-blowing. Reminds and I've never been it. hit so hard in my life <laughs> as when I've been hit by a boxer. I've sparred with martial artists, black belts, yeah. and you get hit by a guy that fights and punches in a ring and hits, you know, and actually gets hit, and it's a whole other world. Reminds me a lot of the Floyd May- Mayweather-McGregor talk. I think I really <laughs> do believe boxing rules UFC. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. really believe that. And I think people, I don't know, I think they'd be shocked to see how 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 maybe foolish McGregor would look against Floyd. Uh, you know oh, there's, yeah. no, just in was, a boxing we, we were setting. Disc- yeah, ironically, we were discussing this yeah. before you came in. This was actually yeah. the topic this morning oh. because it's been the big hype is the McGregor yeah. and... And the way I, I look at it is McGregor, like, by the way, McGregor, yeah. if it was, so if it was on, a pure, yeah. if it was a pure MMA UFC where they could tackle and do every whatever, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Well, of, of course, course McGregor's McGregor an advantage. But boxing, I mean, God, it's not even going to be close. Yeah. Mayweather right. would just pick him apart. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I say. Like, if you look at Mayweather's last 15 opponents, every single one of them would beat McGregor. Oh. But it's a huge money fight, and I oh, really yeah. hope it comes off. Yeah. Hope so. <laughs> do you believe it's going to? Yeah, I actually do. Oh, wow. I it's, it's, a lot it's coming it, out last night, even. A lot of people think, saying that McGregor's coming here now. It's to, getting to, closer. Yeah. Going to Vegas to, to meet me with her. And I mean, it, it makes sense for business. Oh, it yeah. really does. Oh, it does make a ton of money. It a does, but, uh, but uh, I mean, it's, God bless them. So here's the thing it's boxing, right? They're going to box. Yeah, oh, yeah, full boxing. I think they go in, McGregor loses, and then McGregor talks shit and says, now come to my world. And yeah, fight MMA. Yeah, and now you've got two fights, <laughs> yeah. out, which yeah. I don't think there's I can any see chance. That yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mayweather will not fight him because be, nah. being a boxer, if someone kicked me in the leg, I'd cry my eyes out. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it looks so, so painful. <laughs> but what I always yeah. say is I think that people severely underestimate boxers' footwork. Even if you see a quick, 100%. you know how quick yeah. you are on your feet, yeah. and you see someone winding up for that kick, 
you're gonna you're most likely or someone's gonna lunge in to try to take you down. Yeah. Your feet are quick enough. I think you would be able to. No, no I, I agree. May, no, the way Mayweather's, Mayweather's only. Uh, I mean, his only way that he would get beat is if it was a fight where you know McGregor could take him to the, to ground. the ground. Yeah, to the ground. And then his his best bet would be to bull rush him, yeah. take him down and ground and pound and yeah. like. No, you, it's a fact. If that's the, the way you beat a boxer in a fight is you don't box him. I mean, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. A, same thing. Look, you're gonna go against a wrestler. Don't wrestle him. It's just, it just it's exactly. very. I mean, I feel like we had an example of this already with uh you know holly holmes and and ronda and ronda because look at i mean look at holly holmes just lost her fight again she can't beat anybody else you know what i'm saying but just the fact that she was a pure boxer ronda made a mistake about standing training for that like i feel like she was trying to train a lot of boxing ronda yeah ronda yeah Yeah, i think the game plan was totally wrong for that fight i mean she she was just marching forward she should have been trying if you find a boxer you've you've got to try and like you said, take them down as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. Counter, but she wasn't. She tried to box, and I think, I mean, with a, bo- a coach who was a, who was a boxing trainer as well. I think it comes down to all that as well. Yeah. So we've taught thousands and thousands of people boxing, and, and hundreds of people how to teach boxing. Um, and women are better uh, at boxing first than men. Mm. Do you can you can it's you the same thing with training? Really? Yeah. And what it is? Yeah, we, see, can, can you guess? Ego. Why yes, ego. We've, ego. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. We've talked about right. this before. Women are they're so much more um, receptive to taking advice and coaching than a man is. Men are so fucking stubborn. Right. Yeah. We True. think, we, even when we don't know it all, we yeah. still yeah. think we know it all. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. we, so, so right. yeah. And then we also, the other thing that we do wrong is we're, we're so intensity driven. Yeah. Where women aren't, like, you, if you tell a woman, I don't want you to go to failure. You have to, like, ramp them up. Work, work on your mechanics. Slow down. They'll do it. That. They'll do it. And yeah. they won't push their bodies too hard, too far to where they could possibly. You know, so tell a man, I just want you to do this. He's stacking on the most amount of weight he could possibly do. It's just like, and which is just probably like you. You teach him a few techniques, and right away, yeah. he wants to go out and apply it super hard. Can right? you guess what the hardest thing is for someone to learn when they learn the boxing? Mm, I the would, footwork, for sure. I, I, I would, I, no, I, I, I no. would guess it's to... Uh, uh, to how to snap a punch properly and not yeah. just throw your whole body into every single punch. No, it's breathe. Breathe. Oh, breathe. Yeah. Actually, I should have guessed breathe. that because I'll never forget the first time I got Would in you a hold ring. Would you hold the was like immediately, Putting right? a mouthpiece yeah. in yeah. and actually boxing for what made me break <laughs> oh, and stop, I had to call. I was like, dude, I can't do this with you, was the breathing. Yeah. yeah. I, I was Slobber was coming out of my mouth. I was just like, I could handle the punches. I couldn't handle the breathing. I'm yeah, I was going to say that so many times. Yeah. Wow, that's so true. I, I don't know why I didn't yeah, think Yeah, breathe. It. I, I, like, that's why women's better than men because they breathe, they're relaxed, they don't try and go all out. Where men, it's... <laughs> you know? Which feeds into that intensity thing, yeah. right? What I was saying. I feel like that's how it is for weight it's training. Like energy managers, right? Like use it when you need to use it, but then relax. Exactly. You, yeah. You know, yeah. You how often are you boys down in LA? Uh, uh, we're down. In, we're going to San Diego in, San in a couple Diego. weeks. We uh, we need to make an LA trip. We just soon, did. So. Uh, we did LA when we went down to see. Um, or Huntington Beach area, but we haven't been in LL, LA, LA. Mm. I've been meaning to come down there though because my buddy Brendan owns the Orange Series down nearby you, oh, Santa, yeah. Santa Monica area. Yeah. So, you know, we it's might have to down there. make a little trip where we it's come down there, there, see you guys, see him, everyone get together. Yeah, I was going to see if you just come down, come to Box and Burn, and uh, we'll have to give you a workout there. Oh, yeah, I'd love, yeah, I'd love so, that. Then. As long as you don't film it. <laughs> <laughs> so, boys, uh, thank you for this. And if people want to get older, where can they get older? Uh, well, uh, Mind Pump is our podcast. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, mindpumpmedia.com is where you can find out more about our programs, all of our, our fitness programs and nutrition guides. Uh, we're on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. 
and we have a YouTube channel. We post a YouTube video uh, every single day on some a new exercise or fitness technique or advice, and that's uh, Mind Pump TV on YouTube. You can literally Google Mind Pump, and literally almost all that will yeah, pop up. Right. Yep. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you, boys. Thank you for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you. Thank you, man. I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. We got a lot from that. Please don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, the Box and Life podcast, and also follow us on Instagram.